0: can that blasted rooster keep its beak shut for once in its simple life some of us do not need to be told that it is morning anyone can tell when it is morning by looking outside such A useless job, almost as useless as the guards in the cell, judging from the timing of tea time, and the bloody things screech all day in any case, how many mornings are there in a day? Hey, I resent that. What I do is vital in the legal system of our kingdom. Oh please. Your specious legal system is to toss us into cells and leave us here to die of starvation. or these squalid quarters. And, um, what are you guarding exactly? Just shut
1: up and give us another one of those silly tales of yours. Well,
0: I am... Um, uh, hmm. Very well... Let us settle our discussion on useless jobs by peering into the past of some jobs that have no real significance to society. Soul cards. Plucking a feather (laughs) from our noisy friend here, we shall scribe open a veil to the world of ramble-shamble. Someone grab that damn thing!
1: Good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble. Today we are joined again by our or my co-host, Mackie. Say hi Mackie.
2: Hi Mackie.
1: Yeah. Got Mackie cracking wise over here,
2: <laughs> trying to be
1: a a smarty pants. But how's your how's your week been like recently?
2: ah good, good. Uh a few things happening in the world of the UK. Um unfortunately Not a good time to be, but I think we need to voice our uh, feelings or voice our... uh, Don't hide it and not talk about a situation where the Queen's passing has really hit the UK in a weird spot. Not a nice thing to happen.
1: Yeah, that's a a big bummer. Yeah. I I don't really keep a track of global events that much. So um, I don't know what the situation is of the new monarch or anything like that. but. Yeah, it's a massive bummer.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. In
1: my uh, mind, mind though, the first thing I thought was, damn it, now Mugabe, Robert Mugabe, is going to outlive the Queen and be a centenarian.
2: <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> oh, he's got the charm. Yeah.
1: I was, I was really rooting for the Queen to be a centenarian.
2: No, I think we were all rooting for that to happen. But it, it's one thing I have noted when I, when I went to one of the pubs, because it's not a bar, it's a pub, um, I went to a pub and obviously they were live streaming the sports on a nice big wall, which was very cool. But now obviously they had to change the song. It's no longer "God Save the Queen." It's now "God Save the King," and it's just something that is like, whoa! That has actually really happened.
1: Uh, who's the king now?
2: King Charles, the the, the son of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell Jeez. people of who are listening to us that we are not good at the whole pop star slash royal family vibe. We are like we we focus on what we can do and our own lives. eh? <laughs> yeah,
1: but geez, dude, how long did he did he wait to become king?
2: Wow! Oh, I think he's like seventy seven now. I could be wrong. Uh, oh wow! He's he was been unemployed for that long, technically and now he's fully employed as the king which again this, i do this hope is all ra- the best
1: this is a random question but if <laughs> you are in line to become the next monarch like if you are the heir apparent are you actually allowed to be employed because like i think so no no. but it's like because you're the heir apparent you could be called upon to become the next monarch at any time if that previous one steps down or passes away like, I think that there would be some kind of a clause that says, like, you can't have a full-time job or
2: something else. I think you can have a full-time job. It's just that when it comes to the point, you have to leave your job. So, I think, like, most employers would frown upon that because it's, it's the same thing with um, hiring a student. Is that they're a student now and you hire them, but they might get bored of working for you. Or the same thing as like when you have to be enlisted in the army, it just happens. You get that letter in the mail and says your country needs you. Please report to the nearest so-and-so to hand in your personal belongings and join us in the army to fight the good fight. So in my opinion, yes, I think they, but I could be wrong. I don't know the rules of the royal family. I haven't watched Queen's Gambit yet. I say yet, I might watch it.
1: The Queen's Gambit is about chess, though.
2: I yeah, I just heard that it has the royal families. Oh, no, but isn't there like a Netflix show with the royal family? She says. So no, like,
1: there is a Netflix show, but The Queen's Gambit is about chess on Netflix.
2: I have not watched a trailer or show. I've just heard people say, oh, have you seen The Queen's Gambit? I'm like, no. Oh, it's so good. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I don't normally watch historical biopics, but I think you might be thinking of The Crown or something.
2: Oh, uh, yes, that might be it. That might be it. As you <laughs> can tell, I'm not into Netflix as much lately. Although I have to say, Net- Netflix has been dropping in popularity.
1: I've heard, I've heard. I myself have just been really into The Rings of Power. Is it good? Because I'm a massive talking nerd. I love it, dude. Um, it's good? Oh, yes. I, I really think so. There are, okay, look, I'm a big Tolkien nerd, so there are some lore, lore glitches that I don't like. <laughs> but as I said beforehand, I really just enjoy or go into experience and looking to enjoy myself. So for the most part, I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with this. They're, they're still making a fantastic uh, form of media and a great adaptation. Um, it's not entirely what Tolkien, or well, it's not at all what talking would have done, but um, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm just here to have a fun time. And if That's people give too many damn re- bad reviews of things, then this is why we're not allowed to have nice things because people <laughs> will just crap on it. They must You're
2: just shut
1: up, eat their popcorn, and have a good time.
2: And scratch a big fat really now, because you know who you are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, no, it's it's, but it's it's really a good series. I am having an awesome time. Ah, oh, it's good to hear. Awesome time watching it. It's it's kind of like Shadow of War in as much as they make changes to the law that that I think is done rather tastefully, just because of the fact that the things that they do change aren't things that was a Established in the Talking Legendarium, but it's things that just simply weren't mentioned. And I think you get problems when you take an event that was actually written about by Talking in the Legendarium and you say, no, 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 that didn't happen. It actually happened in this way or it happened differently. But Mm -hmm. if you add things where it was just like in the dark in the past, then I'm totally fine with that.
2: 100%.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I actually think that doing a different job as, a, as the heir apparent for, as a, uh, to become the next monarch would kind of be like a side hustle or be regarded as a side hustle. <laughs> um, but, but that isn't really what we're talking about today. Uh-huh. But today we are talking about jobs. Hooray. Today we are going to talk about useless jobs. Um, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Before we talk about useless jobs, though, or what we see as useless jobs, Mackie, where are some of the other places that this podcast can be found?
2: Guys, if you have listened to any of our other episodes, but you probably are sick and tired of this, you can push that fast forward button on whatever platform. That could be Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Don't forget about Apple Podcasts.
1: We actually highly encourage you guys to watch our episodes on one and a half time speed just because then you can watch more episodes in Ooh. the same amount of time. And like everybody benefits because of
2: that. And especially 100%. You. Yes. And again, guys, if you don't, didn't catch that, that was a slight little hint into bringing that in. But again, guys, we do appreciate you guys to listen to all those platforms I've just mentioned. And again, don't forget to like and subscribe. Give it a high star rating. It really does help Get our podcast out there. We wanna reach out to every possible person we can possibly reach and possibly get their voice out and heard. Because their best way to get their voice out to kind of like mention, hey, I like to talk about this or that or this is to by commenting on YouTube or again during our Discord channel called Ramble Tramble. You can find it through Discord, which is a simple Google search. Or Discord has a little search feature where you can just click that little search button and you can search for Ramble Shamble. But again our links are in the description or pretty much everywhere. But most likely the easiest place to find our links is through YouTube. But guys, again, your voices can be heard and we encourage you to share your voice, share your opinion and tell us who is the victor in these debates of Ramble Shamble.
1: Yeah. So please do so everyone. And have a good time doing so or doing that. Anyway, so before we actually get to legit what we view as useless jobs, Mackie, do you think that there's any need for royalty nowadays in like as a as a position, a social position or anything like that? Because for the most part, I think that um We've gotten past the stage of feudalism because the whole most of the world is striving for like being fully democratic or at least a republic of some kind. Mm. And I I don't actually think there is much. There isn't a need for monarchies except as kind of figureheads or something.
2: Well, you see that, that that's such an interesting. Way of thinking is that like, have we really gotten rid of monarchs? If you consider the presidents, because technically we treat a president like a king or queen. Um, if you think of the long run, we give them nice, cushy houses to live in. We give them nice, cushy paychecks, and we give them the ultimate respect for the rest of their life, whether it be bad or good. Um, why I say that is that if you consider dictators, and I'm gonna. Throw some slander against Putin. If you've seen hmm. what Putin has done for quite a bit, he's basically a king, uh, just a very bad king because this country is high, in heavy poverty. If you had a really successful business in Russia, Putin will chase you out of it through his backhanded ways. And in a way, he is a king. Now, to answer your question about the fact that do we need kings and queens? Some people need to be, unfortunately, they they like to be held, their hand to be held and be told what to do. I don't think we need it. I think people want it, though.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that in the old days, it made a lot of sense because
0: the scale
1: of, yeah, but the scale of things was so much smaller. Nowadays, well, like on a feudal level, when you were just like a state or something, I think it was actually manageable to be a monarch and make the big decisions and stuff because you could still hear about all the trade policies and things that are happening and you could actually get it like micromanage things without going completely out of your head with stress but now nowadays with the global trade networks and just the complexity of things i don't think it's feasible anymore and that's oh, well granted. There were always advisors to the king and the queen and things like that in the past, but I think nowadays it's it's too complex. Even though there are still your your departments of the of the polity and uh, head of I don't know head of justice or whatever and all of those things, but I, I think it's just way too complex now. Um, so just because of that, I think that they aren't needed anymore but um except as a symbol yeah except as a symbol
2: yeah the, the symbol is important but i also think that the king and queen kind of term needs to be updated that's the word i'm looking for why i say updated is that again like the president like the queen we treat them too much like royalty and again they have they hold great positions of power Because they dictate most of the time what a country does, but that's where, in some ways, we need to kind of adjust that. Because if I were a president—not that I would ever want to become a president—my main mission would be I'm a servant to the people, and a lot of the people, a lot of the like presidents and stuff—they they they make those claims, but they—I'm not sure if you watch that that series. Don't look up. Uh, not serious, yeah. sorry, movie movie on Netflix, Don't Look Up, it plays on a very interesting concept which is very likely to happen is where a, being a president is more of a popularity contest. Whoever says the right things, whoever claims the best things, whoever has the highest TikTok rating and etc. etc. is most likely going to become president in the distant future. Why? Because a lot of people support them because they believe what the other person says even though they have no no fruit to bear to what they've stated they state that they're going to change this and do this and change this but then a lot of it is just empty words so i i I, am more of an observant kind of person so i kind of like what say okay prove it to me rather than saying i will make a, a change i will fix your electricity problem do it now why must you wait to become president to do it why must you get that like i understand it will be easier why are you not doing anything right now to prove that you can do it? Is my question.
1: Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking of I think it's the the pres- not I forget the country. It's like Venezuela or something like that, um, where the president just has a normal salary and he does he puts all the money in the right places and things and everybody loves him and he does things <laughs> for charity, like that's that's the kind of head of state that we should actually be looking for.
2: Oh, hundred percent.
1: Definitely not like South Africa.
2: Yeah. Person who's serving for the people and really tries to make a difference, that kind of thing. Like I'm not saying that prisons don't do a difference, but they they're very kind of like how much can I get out of this before I get pushed out? And I feel like she can like, whoa 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 whoa. Why are we even putting these particular people into power? They clearly are more self concerned than concerned for the people. Because if I was president, I would be saying that now everyone around me is my family. I'm going to try and make everyone around me as help them as much as I can because technically they're my family. I should be crawling out of the position because that's how much energy I must put into it. Like I'm so tired and like given everything I can give that I can't really stand anymore. That's, at least that's what I preach.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Well, I'm going to throw a random uh, prediction out here, or out there. I think that with places that still have monarchies, there's going to come a point in the future where there's a conflict of some kind with their with their nation. And because the world is gearing so much towards democracy nowadays, the, pres- the, the, the monarch is going to make some kind of an order that the public at large doesn't want to to happen, and (laughs) then just the clash of ideology because the monarch still has some kind of power um, that has to be obeyed and the people not wanting to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of civil disputes and stuff coming about.
2: Oh, 100%. It's happened in the past. It will happen again.
1: Yeah. But anyway, this episode isn't actually about monarchies or anything like that or the aristocracy. It's about useless jobs. So yeah, let's let's go into that a little bit. And I'm gonna ask you for three examples of useless jobs. Ooh, three. That you or if you can think of that many. <laughs> I did a bit of research, so I chose my three favorite ones. And then maybe maybe if you can think of one a useless job that other people think are useless that you actually think, you know, it isn't. Quite as useless as they think, and that you actually think could be important.
2: Okay. Um, do you want me to fire all three at you at the same time, or should I rather go one by one? And like, I do one, you do one. I do one, you do one. So have the potential to steal each other's again, like we normally do.
1: <laughs> yeah, l- let's do that. But give me, give me your job, and then give me a description of that job.
2: 100 percent. And then I your,
1: and it. then your, and then your opinion.
2: Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Okay, so I believe this one is probably on your list. So I'm hoping to hear. Oh, no. Situation. My first useless job, which is paint watcher. <laughs> Someone who is, apparently is still positioned. I have no idea where, but I'm pretty sure that whoever is getting this job is getting a real luxury job because they literally all they do is so that they basically hire to watch paint dry literally a company so most paint companies would have in production of research like etc. they would paint a certain sample of the wall or they will paint an entire wall and then at certain temperatures and all kinds of conditions they basically measure the how quickly does this paint dry under these certain conditions now this is quite a common situation where after a research you have to kind of analyze how quickly this is done now why i call it a useless job is because this person is just taking simple readings while while waiting for this paint to dry and I would, for, coming from a mechanical background i am fully aware that there are tools and robotics that can easily do that at probably a much higher accuracy as well as you you're really waiting a person's potential here if you all you're making them do is like wash this paint now wait for five seconds unless you see a major change measure that's it and then it's done i I just think it's something that's so it's something that we used to have to do because we didn't have robotics or sensors and relays in the past but now in the world that we live in it's something that should be phased out it's no longer needed
1: okay but another thing that they have to look at is how it dries so like you uh, maybe it's important that like five minutes into the drying process it starts to become like tacky and kind of solidified or it really starts to smell bad or something um like i think that could could be a thing but i totally agree with you there dude. well
2: i agree with that but the thing is that's why you have cameras you have things to like look it back over and you, like you said you can Watch it at a faster speed so you can see that time change and that kind of thing and then you have the robotics to kind of give you those particular senses i will say you probably might lose a bit of accuracy but i think you'll gain of accuracy in terms of senses and productness of how things are happening you probably will get a much higher sense of accuracy and think of it you could do not just you <laughs> again you're not wasting you you're not paying someone their their salary slash wage painful whatever equipment they need, and if they mess up or injure themselves, there's a whole bunch more pros and cons here.
1: I don't know, hey, because if you <laughs> if if you if you phase out that job, then you've got to hire someone to analyze the data of the measuring instruments and stuff. Well, that's the, in the <laughs> Yeah, but then someone who's doing the research doesn't have the time to look through all of these graphs and things that the instruments made. They just want someone to be like or they just want a description where it's like five minutes and it became tacky and it smelled bad because that's faster for them to analyze or process and report on.
2: That's assuming that this person who's taking the measurements is smart enough to take the, that give that kind of description. Well, not to say the description, but that kind of scientific information. But coming from a research background uh, like yourself, you want to see those stats. And as a person who's making a new paint, you want to see all those like, different measurements and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's necessarily you're not necessarily hiring another person. It's more like you hire that particular person only to take those measurements. And that person probably doesn't even care or doesn't gets a bit tired and, and it's like now it's two hours past and he's like, hey, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Uh I'll just skip it. So there's a lot more human factor that can be involved.
1: And then with anything like that, it does like Murphy's law applies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling
2: okay. it. The CEOs, I'm interested.
1: My first one is one that everybody knows about, or just because we we see it in media a lot. Although I've never really seen it in in real life because it's not that big a thing in South Africa. But this job is professional sign spinners that stand oh, yes. on the side of the street <laughs> and by- like. <laughs> just like fiddle and do twirls and things with the sign showing you to go this way to the restaurant or something. Yeah, I think that's a, 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 a complete waste of time. Those people just, it's it's kind of easy money in a way because it's not hard, it's not complex. But I'm sure you get tired from it, like standing in the blazing sun or something. But I, I think that there are such more efficient ways of doing so nowadays that are more eye-catching than like someone standing and spinning signs because we we have like virtual or we have uh virtual billboards and things nowadays that can show motion pictures and actually shine brightly and things as well that has a probably has a bigger uh capital investment or like starting costs because you have to get that thing installed and all that but then Once it's there, then you can just have it up permanently and you basically just need to give it power, which is surely less than paying someone to stand on the hour. Um, You don't have to pay salaries and stuff. It's just part of your electric bill. Um, I think that that's a much more efficient way of advertising your business. Although I guess a person does stand out a bit more than uh, one of the 50 billboards or... Like uh, moving pictures
2: showing your business. No, I I, I really do hear you. The, a sign spinner is probably one of the weaker jobs out there at the moment. I will say it's not completely useless because two things definitely come to my mind of why it is has some relevance. Although I do agree with you that there's a lot more signage, and I did consider this as a useless job. But in terms of, so the reason why I say it's a little bit Better for advertising is because a you got the human factor, and humans are more accepting to accept something from a human rather than a robot or some sign. So they tend to sympathize empathize with that person. So as long as you like, see, hey, that person's looking smart, looking professional, or it's wearing that cool little mascot outfit. It's greeting people as they walk past and doing all this little goofy handshakes or hot waves of you. It, it, it really adds that like, kind of like oh, no, that. That that business looks more human,
1: but but that's 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 adding a second job to the original job, though. I feel like the mascot isn't the same as a sign spinner.
2: No, I've seen mascots spin signs, so I feel like that's falls into the same. Boat. you are science
1: that's that's just a, that's just a mascot that has a like a crap task to do
2: well, no, no that's not like it he's still technically a science spinner he just must wear a uniform which happens to be a mascot afterwards
1: well that's that's like me <laughs> saying you're technically a bodybuilder because you happen to go to the gym yeah okay <laughs> everybody you hear you heard it here from mackie <laughs> if you do a thing you're you're a you're like that's your job.
2: No, uh, what I'm saying is that like I have seen businesses where they have science spinners and the science spinner, although is probably much harder to do in like a hot temperature like in South Africa, wear a outfit of some kind representing their business. And it's not, in my opinion, it's not too far of a stretch to think that if I want to advertise, this person is now my primary source of advertisement for people driving past. I wouldn't just necessarily let him go dressed in a simple u- uniform um, and spinning a sign. I wouldn't make this thing eye-catching. I want to make this thing doable. So it's like adding that additional thing, but it's still technically a sign spinner. So he would wear uh, an outfit that would be more eye-catching.
1: Uh, okay. So, so then he's not a mascot.
2: He's then. not a mascot. Well, i have seen a mascot outfit because it's just like uh, you would see that kind of uh, outfit. Okay, so it's okay. like at Disneyland, you see the people dress up as the, Fairy tale characters that make them really feel like they're enjoying or being part of the experience. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that one. That's a strong contender. I still think it should be phased out. I 100% agree with you.
1: Yeah. It's just there's there's the other advertising methods that are just such less upkeep.
2: Oh, 100%. No, 100%. Uh, it's definitely it's in the whole long run. It's so much more expensive than having that kind of thing. Like having that person out there maybe like once every like say two months or so, just when you have like special promotions, that makes sense to do it. But have had it all the time. I think like people just get so used to it that they start facing it out of their minds. They don't even consider it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Well, should I go to my next one? Yeah, please. Okay. So my next one, I'll keep it a little bit relatively short, is an elevator operator. Um, so in those like fancy hotels, you, you might come across those people standing in the corner of the elevator and they ask you, what floor, sir? And you say, floor five. And they press the button. You go to floor five and you leave. That's all their job. They're literally a button pusher. Now, I think it's pretty useless job because the only, uh, the only real benefit of this position is that you making the person feel like they're so special that you have servants doing everything for you that's the only benefit that i can see why you can't physically go press a button on an elevator to go to the floor you want to go to (laughs) yeah
1: no that that is a pretty ridiculous thing (laughs) but you've recently traveled a bit but I've done a lot of traveling in my life, and you can get really, really tired. Like, <laughs> if you've gone on a long flight or something, and, like, the last thing you... Okay, No. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to say like you could be so tired that it's hard to lift up your oh, arm Oh come on, like, seriously but no. if, you, if, you, yeah. if you're that tired I, I realise that, <laughs> that was a bit ridiculous as I was saying it
2: Because it's like you're so tired can't You be can't press that the much. button No, this is purely for vanity reasons You're like, being like hey I'm the top dog I'm so rich and wealthy I don't care for everyone around me I'm not going to press that stupid icky button that's probably like the cleanest thing in the world because they probably upkeep those elevators so well, but like seriously, we don't need those guys at all. Let them go do something yeah. more beneficial at a hotel
1: yeah i can't I can't um gainsay that or anything like that, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna jump into my second one. Yeah. this one, I think is a useless job because it's just it stands out. it doesn't happen often at all. Like it happens in a discrete period, and um, it's just it's, it serves no purpose. So that is being a lifeguard at the Olympics. Oh wait! Because what? <laughs> because the Olympics happen once every four years, and the people who do swimming at the Olympics and that are actually going to be in the pool are professionals that do it all the time. Like six hours a day or something, mm. and so like the, the the chances of them needing a lifeguard are so remote. The chances are probably literally the same as getting a random brain aneurysm or a heart attack. <laughs> like that's the only event that I could foresee that could could make it necessary for a lifeguard to be at the Olympics. Actually, actually, the only reason why a lifeguard would be necessary at the Olympics would be because the other people that you're competing with are assholes <laughs> because an- another one of those professional swimmers could save you if it was actually necessary. Like if you did have a heart attack or, or something.
2: <laughs> well, all I had to do to counter that is that if the lifeguard is like from a, a person from Baywatch, I wouldn't mind it. Okay.
1: Oh yeah,
2: probably not. Like Dwayne, unless unless
1: unless it's a, unless it's a guy, then you know, yeah, like that's what I like a saying. Way. Like that's
2: Duane. no go for me. Uh, no, I have to agree. I, I didn't even know that was a job to be honest. So the fact that I don't even know, I have to give you that. That is actually a good one. Sheesh. Thank you. Thank you. Sheesh. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go with my last one here. So I gave my two stronger ones. The third one is a bit more of a drag. So I still walk by them and I can understand why having some of them around is still pretty necessary. But I think a job that is coming to its end of life is blockbuster stores or video stores slash DVD stores. Why I claim that their life is coming to the end. Everything is streamable nowadays. Especially in the First world, at least. I don't know. I feel like their job is quite... It, it can be easily replaced nowadays, funny enough. Not necessarily replaced. Sorry, that's the wrong word. Well, the wrong way to think of it. Because the way that we're heading towards now, that everything is now on the media of the internet, where you can stream it, pay a subscription fee, watch any movie or that kind of thing, with a quite a reduced price. Because if you think of that, if you go to those blockbusters or DVD stores, you have to pay per movie or per dvd where if you pay one subscription fee on uh Netflix or Disney plus if you so do so you you have all those movies at your disposal and you can watch them as many times as you want at no co- additional cost which in my opinion is out is there's no real need for video store owners very soon they're going to they are being phased out quicker and quicker which is a scary way to think of it
1: yeah Well, I think that they will be replaced by collect because you you do still get enthusiasts and things like that, or either that or it'll be something like um, kind of curators in museums and exhibits for VHS tapes and things. Yeah, because nowadays you do get some museums that, for example, preserve. obsolete video game technology and stuff like your old Atari whatever 100 consoles and these old cassettes and things that were part of like the original Super Nintendo system or something like that
2: basically that that's different because yes the like the VHss and technology will still be preserved in that like, kind of like record keeping stuff st- purposes but I mean like the position like now you're a person who's meant to advertise and rent these DVDs slash videotapes to people who don't need them anymore, who don't want them anymore. Like in the past, it was it made sense because you would rent a DVD and go watch it and then bring it back the next day or say the end of the week and print the next movie or DVD. But now with the click of a button, I can do that without going to a DVD store, paying X amount of money for said DVD and return it back and say, dang, I really want to watch that same DVD again. It's, just, it's a job that's yeah. coming to its end of its life.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I can't argue against that. Okay. My third one is a pretty silly one, at least in my eyes. And that's kind of why I chose it. <laughs> but that is to be a pet psychologist. Oh. Because, wow. in, in, a, in a way, I mean, dogs and cats, who they, who they normally treat, can go through like traumatic events and things or uh geez i don't know if they can have like eating stuff but i just it just sounds so silly to me dude i i can't like explain it better than that (laughs) and like i i i have an undergrad degree in psychology and i can like the first thing like the establishing thing of going to a psychologist is that you have to want to be helped, but like a, an animal, it doesn't want to be helped. It's just living its life. It's just doing its <laughs> thing. But but re- what really gets me is that the description um, that I saw when I was researching this was that pet psychologists are believed to be able to read the mind of pets. Bull crap. And understand their psychics. Bull crap. <laughs> so like that just sounds like someone who, like, has schizophrenia or something and is hallucinating voices <laughs> in, my, in my mind.
2: It's like,
1: so, in fact, I think that that person themselves would need to see a psychologist.
2: It's like, my, my, my dog's not eating food lately. I think there's something, like, she's on strike for some reason. Like, let me see. Yeah. Yes, she's strike that you're not paying me enough money. Pay me more.
1: Is my dog anorexic?
2: Oh no! <laughs> so, geez, that's interesting.
1: And I, and even I don't know. I just think of like, how does that make you feel? You know, I'm, like I, I hear that you no longer like it when someone rubs your belly, and you used to like that. So what's wrong? If I, if I, if I rub your belly right now. How would that make you feel? It just sounds so different.
2: That's why you have vets, to be honest. Because I feel like the vet can cover whatever is upsetting your dog more than that. Or a pet trainer. Because they would know how a pet or an animal should think better than a, a psychiatrist. I th- I'm i surprised yeah. that there's those kind of people in the world still. Like, wow.
1: Yeah, because like the whole thing with the mental disorder is that... There isn't a physiological cause that's causing your your life to be impaired in the way that mental disorders do. Yeah, but like with with a vet or someone, I mean, with psychology now, if a doctor could be like, "Oh, do, oh no, dude, your intestinal tract is just a bit blocked up. Here you go, drink this tablet; it'll flush your system, and you'll be happy again." Like, wow, that would solve the 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 global depression problem that we're having right now you know but with with animals you can basically do that it's like you know this dog is just not it's not crapping so if we give it some laxatives then it'll be happy again and start running around and jumping and stuff
2: (laughs) i think that a lot of people got inspiration from that from i'm not sure if you know caesar Milan.
1: Oh yeah, the Dog Whisperer.
2: The Dog Whisperer. I think they got a lot of inspiration from him, but mainly focused on the fact that it says it's your whole attitude. But the the difference between him and like the psychiatrist is that he's a trainer. He trains dogs. So he doesn't just like say, I know what this dog thinks. It's like, no, no. He knows how the dog thinks. How, not what. How the dog thinks. And he is a trainer to be able to kind of get the... Bond between man and dog to just be more in line of what's to, like kind of understand each other better, yeah. Although, no, he's I agree, good. and that's
1: and that's just, yeah, but but that's just simple conditioning in my eyes, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so those are our contenders for the best, best useless job, although that is a bit of an oxymoron to say, <laughs> and. Yeah we're going to let you guys as our as our audience choose of those which one do you think was the best useless job and who do you think is the overall winner between macia and i also suggest your own but before we end this episode i just want to ask you did you find any jobs if you if you like did some research on this that other people that a researcher or someone else thought was useless but you think actually has a need or like is has some kind of practical application?
2: Can I ask you to go first? Because I just want to make sure I'm form- like formulating my argument better. Because I have one in mind, but I just want to kind of like make sure that I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot here.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, so one that I saw when I was researching this was a professional chocolate taster. And uh, what was their reasoning? Let me quickly look here. So they did say it's not as easy as it seems. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure what their their reasoning was, but I think that being a chocolate taster is actually a useful job because there's a lot of finer points to to chocolate and such that can make the experience a whole lot better such things as the fragrance of the chocolate and how that enhances the taste experience to give you the flavor and the end. But nowadays, well, like I don't know if you know the difference between chocolate from Europe and chocolate from America, for example, where just the preservative that they use and I think how they source the dairy that's used in the chocolate can have a massive impact on how the chocolate tastes. Like American chocolate tends to have a bit of a more bitter aftertaste, um, and it's similar in South Africa, whereas European chocolate, because of how it's sourced and the ingredients that are used, has a sweeter and a smoother aftertaste. That's why I love um, especially uh, like German and Austrian chocolates, because all of those chocolates are, get their dairy from the Alps. Um, it's called alp, uh, alp, Alpen milk chocolate. But then also nowadays, people are testing all sorts of cool, interesting flavors, and you need someone to actually describe and recommend improvements for those flavor profiles, in my opinion.
2: Oh no, hundred percent. What do you think? <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> your job is so similar to my job. I don't know why we both thought about. Uh, I won't. I won't go into mine just yet. Look, it's it's something that is very interesting. So, is it your one specifically only towards chocolate? Like, find the yeah, correct-
1: tasting, tasting chocolate,
2: which is pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. So. Do they re- Dude, if
1: I had that job, I would be such a happy person.
2: <laughs> but how does it benefit society? That's that's my biggest question.
1: It doesn't need to benefit society.
2: It has to be a good job for some reason. We were just like tuning in the fact that like people who press a button for a living uh, on an elevator is crap. And now you're saying all this person is doing is eating chocolates. <laughs> well,
1: if you think about it, the whole point of chocolate is to be a pleasurable experience. Yeah. So if it doesn't taste good, then it's not a pleasurable experience. So they are making the job that is the whole purpose of the thing. They're making it actually work because otherwise you get a, a chocolate that tastes like crap. <laughs> but I guess you could, you could kind of say that's about like a lifeguard at the Olympics is technically useful because he's there to save people's lives. And if he saves just one life, then he fulfills his function. But I think that with something that's experiential, you need someone to actually experience that and establish that it's a desirable experience.
2: Hmm. Okay. okay. Do you
1: agree with that?
2: I do, but I think your one is fall- falling very close to being... Just useless because it doesn't it doesn't add any benefits to like it's a very comparable to the guy that's spinning a sign in my opinion at least. Uh, the reason why I say that I say this because you eating it or no, sorry more like washing paint and taking measurements because you literally pay there, get there, eat a the chocolate. Does it taste bad? They say no, or they say yes. But that's why I kind of I don't know this job position too much. I'm taking from a purely external view. But I have my idea of it is actually a lot more depth. I think they would be like saying, Oh, it's a bit too much on the bitter side, probably too much of this particular chemical, too much of this, and needs to be catered towards this. Maybe the bean was off all that kind of thing. Because that that's what that's what I think is more, more for the position. Correct me am, am I on the ripe off pog figure of this more detailed analysis rather than other?
1: Well, that would probably be someone behind the scenes who would say, like, what caused this flavor profile to be (laughs) wrong. I don't think that the the chocolate taster would handle that. The chocolate taster would be someone more like a a Michelin food tester who actually knows how to identify the different notes and things inside the flavor of the chocolate Mm. and be able to describe it in a way that someone who is sourcing all the ingredients and things will be able to look at and say, oh, that's the emulsifier that's causing this flavor. Yeah. But but that's not what the chocolate taster knows. All the chocolate taster knows is there's something here that comes before this taste and after this taste that is causing it to be like come across as tart. Or yeah. this doesn't quite taste like chili pepper that is meant to go with the caramel or something. And I think you guys might need to work on that and then someone else will like go into the finer detail but i think that that your argument is isn't really valid because then you can argue the same about anyone in the entertainment and like how does the entertainment industry as a whole benefit society it doesn't it it benefits the lives and the experiences of people
2: yeah but it also gives them motivation it gives them education it gives them a number of different things where
1: I think chocolate is a very motivating Yeah, don't thing. get me wrong. Chocolate, <laughs> chocolate me. is
2: motivating. But what I mean is that like in like television you have education behind. it. You have other factors to give to it. Don't get me wrong. You I think I just think that the chocolate can have education. But that's what I'm just saying is that if this job is purely the guy goes in, or lady, sorry, person goes in, eats a chocolate, says, eh, and walked off and I feel like, Well, that was a wasted twenty pounds. I paid for that guy to come eat this one piece of chocolate. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you wouldn't employ that kind of a person. What we're taking for
2: what we're taking for
1: granted here is that the person who's doing the job can actually do the job well.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm also like saying is that he would give like a more detailed, in-depth analysis of it. Like I wouldn't say of that course, he would. Of course, I wouldn't say that he would be like giving the exact like molecule of everything going wrong. I feel like he would be able to say, hey, it's like a glass of wine. Like you tasted a glass of wine. You're like, the, the notes here weren't matured enough. You need to do this kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's like what the kind of person.
1: But like that, that, that comes with being part of the job. But like someone who is an elevator attendant or whatever that presses the button for you doesn't have a like a super professional technique that has yeah. a bit of a flair. And he does a spin and a twist that makes <laughs> it look cool. I would, like I would no, so you press the button and to... you go to the next part. If, that, if but then that's like a show. That's like entertainment. Yeah, again. it made my day. <laughs> we're we're adding more things to that job.
2: <laughs> you see, that's adding more to the job. Okay, um, should I give my point of view? What because you pro- it'll probably strengthen yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, go for it.
2: So yours was surprisingly very close to mine. Mine is human test subjects. By human test subjects, I mean Ooh, like pharmaceuticals. Controversial. Yes. Pharmaceuticals, foods, everything.
1: Cue the, cue the, cue the, it's alive it's and lightning bolts. <laughs> and
2: <stuff>. So, <laughs> um, why I say, that, so let me just quickly give a definition. So people, the human test subjects are people who have to explore the unknown with their physical bodies or mortality and come out and give research to the people who would not necessarily know. So think of the D-Boys from SCP Foundation, which you can find out in one of our previous episodes. But again, I'm thinking like SCP Foundation kind of people, but not to that extreme. So even with the vaccines and medical side, so I'm going to focus more on that side. We test as much as feasibly, feasibly possible on animals closer to our genetics while trying to be as pizza friendly as possible to the point where at one point we have to now call people to come in and let them be test subjects to these tests and we ha- why I think these people well, this job is a little underrated is that these people are putting their lives on the line for this kind of situation where they have to give feedback they don't have to be educated they don't have to be this kind of thing but they push their bodies to quite extreme limits at times where they have to try these different soaps these different medicines these different uh things which could possibly impair them or damage them at certain weights obviously the scientists behind them should do the moral thing and do everything possible by slowly administrating whatever they want to give to these people but it it is a strange job which is highly beneficial towards human society it helps us grow because it's like if you think of it. We send astronauts as human test subjects because we ex- we sent probes out there. We sent them and we said, "Now, how much would it take to send someone out to space?" And I feel like that's where human test subjects also fall in the line of that. Is that we they have to put their physical bodies and everything in the line for the growth of the whole, the growth of the humanity. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a it's a job, but it's a highly risky job.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Because although you can test medications and things on animals, humans aren't, aren't the same. Mm-hmm. And just because of our experiences, like we have a whole experiential aspect to it as well. And especially with like psychiatric medicines and such, you can't, you can't get that kind of that feedback from animals that you can get from humans, oh, 100%. but in terms of yeah, but in terms of even stuff like uh, helping with pain or stomach ulcers or something like that, the biology of animals aren't the same as with people. Yeah, and there's a lot of symptoms that humans experience that I don't think you can necessarily detect with animals. Because we can only go on their behavior um, as to what's going on inside of it. But with people, they can tell you directly, oh, I'm a bit nauseous or something. But you'd have to wait for a mouse or something to like keel over and fall on its side. But if it's just a little bit nauseous, then how are you supposed to know?
2: Yeah. No, that's why I just want to touch on one more factor is that A lot of the time we give all praise to the doctors and scientists for developing same medicine. But we often forget to praise the people who were giving their livelihood to testing this medicine to make sure that it's suitable or it is safe enough to use for the public. Because these guys are truly unsung heroes. They go in there, get injection, get tested, and give their feedback. And sometimes this feedback can be highly Important to the scientists and doctors to correct said nausea slash sickness. So they're truly, they can be considered, in my opinion, unsung heroes.
1: Maybe, maybe. I'm sure they get paid pretty well. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) And (laughs) and excessive
2: healthcare. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, those people definitely have like medical and stuff included.
2: Oh, 100%. Uh, Oh, this has been a fun episode.
1: But I don't actually think so. Because I don't think that those are actually careers. I think that you just get volunteers to do the stuff and you pay them like for that day or for that day or for the observation period. But
2: I could see it as a career because if you, if you. I could also. Because
1: I, I could see it, but I don't think that it is though.
2: I think it is. I think there's people who are like professional guinea pigs. They go into this particular pharmaceutical and then professional because they get paid, say, look, we've got a contract with you for two years. We get to do whatever we wish to you, poke and prod you.
1: (laughs) Just in a cage, just like in a cage, (laughs) 20 20 people in a five by five (laughs) meter room. Just like flocking together like gerbils.
2: A hundred percent. I can see it happening, though. I think it's a job. I don't know anyone who's had the job, but I definitely think it's a job.
1: Well, I guess you could train someone to like be very perceptive of what's going on in their internal states and to communicate that oh, efficiently. percent. But I just think that because, like, if you look at medications and things, they do say like they have a whole slew of like symptoms that can co- be caused by that. Yeah. And I, geez, it would actually be a really well-paying job because some of those things are severe discomfort, mm. like nausea, stomach cramps, all of those things. And there's always like a list of 20 things on the medication. Oh, so just imagine how unpleasant that job would be.
2: Very much so. Very much so. That's why I say unsung heroes, because they they comparable to astronauts. They have to yeah. experience all these weird things to their body, which is not normal and probably not not to the body's benefit and could impair them in certain ways, they can get nerve damage, they could get a whole bunch of things, which fortunately for us, we had other tests for us before we went into trying out certain medicine. It's just one yeah. of those... And they don't get to go to space. Oh, such a disappointment. <laughs> yeah.
1: But anyway, everyone, that was our episode on the most useless jobs that we could find, or find within a reasonable time. Oh, yeah. So... We would like you guys to tell us which useless job you think actually was the most useless, and then who was the overall winner, and which of the thought to be useless but actually has a purpose jobs that we mentioned at the end you think is the better one, and you agree with. You can let us know about this on the, in the YouTube comments or inside of our Discord. Because that's where we're the most active and where you can actually leave comments. Or you know what? Let us know on other social media. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. And yeah, a quick Google search of Ramble Shamble, You'll be able to find it. Or check the show notes at the bottom. They're also over there. And yeah, we use that for a separate playlist called Ramble Shrapnel, which are little bits and pieces of the main episodes. And we'll choose our favorite to include in one of those a little bits. Um, Mackie, again, where can we be found in general, just for the main episodes, but also the Ramble Shrapnel?
2: So, guys, again, as Jotun has highlighted, Discord is our way to kind of communicate to us. But Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, those are our main platforms. That's obviously we, we expand beyond that now. But again, those are our main ways for us that you can catch us every episode. And we do try to post on as regularly as possible. We also have a Reddit that if you want to consider it as a social platform. And it's pretty much a social platform, in my opinion. But again, guys, if you did enjoy this, we post as regularly as possible on every Thursday. If we miss a Thursday, it's most likely communicated towards on our Discord channel because it's quite awkward to post a particular saying there's no episode this week on a YouTube channel um, unless we stop being a lot more popular there. But again, on our Discord channel, you'll find out that if we're unable to make a posting. But we try to release a video every Thursday of the week and we hope that you guys can come watch us. Again, guys, there's quite a few videos uh, or uh, podcast listening, whatever you call them, episodes, that's the word, uh, you can watch now. And if you don't like a certain episode or topic, you can always go-, go to a different one. And maybe that other one has something that you will expand your mind. We pride ourselves in educating, but also pride ourselves in communicating and making you guys laugh. So there's a lot of things we pride ourselves. Hey, Jotun.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're pretty awesome people. We're amazing.
2: <laughs> I think that's enough self praise.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, everyone. Thank you for listening to us today and keep well. That's a cheers from me. Bye.